0: Welcome to Meant to Be Mama Podcast. We are your hosts, Meg and Sarah.
1: Two women with one mission, unpacking the real and raw truths of infertility, pregnancy after loss, motherhood, and everything in between.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We are so glad you're here.
1: Hi, everyone. Welcome. Um, This is Sarah. This is Meg. Today, we're going to be diving into ways we healed after a loss, which I think is such an interesting one because Meg and I sort of went different ways. Um, <laughs> we kind of took different paths um, towards healing. So I think it'll be um, a fun conversation.
0: That we did. I know when we talked about it, I was like, and I re-went through like what we had chatted about earlier in the week. Um i like, it's so funny how we did things so differently. <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
1: And I think that that's so good because we can have like a conversation of just like everything that we did and, you know, everybody is so different and different things are going to work for different people. So I kind of love that we, that we did it differently.
0: Yeah. What did, so do you want to start? Like what were the first, you know, after you had your loss men- mentally, like what did you do? Mentally. I mean, I was definitely in a tough
1: place for a really long time or for what felt like a really long time. Definitely therapy. That was one thing that I um, did right away. And I had actually, I was already in therapy. I was already, I already had an established relationship with my therapist. I had been seeing her for probably close to three years at that point. So that Thank God for lot. her. That was yeah. huge for me. Um, that I was already, you know, in weekly therapy. That wasn't something that I had to seek out. Um, although, you know, there are a lot of ways to find really amazing therapists right now, like a quick Google search. There are a lot of different search engines that'll help. So if anyone listening to this is like, I don't even know where to begin to find a therapist. Um
0: there's there even a ways. great app. I have to find actually, it, my friend.
1: I actually just found a new, I just started working with a new one. Um, we had our second session yesterday. Um, but I found her on ZocDoc. Um, and it was really easy and she's been really great. So, you know, if you're going through something and feel like you want to talk to someone, I, that was huge for me. Um, and
0: is that a website or is that an app?
1: I think both probably, but I, I went through the website and, um, you know, you can go through your health insurance and search by like exactly what you're looking for. And it was, it was really pretty easy. I love that. Or maybe it was, you know, and maybe that's in part, like with the woman that I'm working with now, she was very responsive and she texted me right away. And so um, it was a great experience for me, but I was working with another therapist at the time. So having her was huge for me because there came a point where I felt like, there's only so much I can say to my fiance about what I'm going through. And I felt like I was just kind of saying like similar things over and over and over. And, um, so it was nice to have someone else to talk to, especially because I hadn't told, um, a bunch of people at that point. So therapy definitely, definitely immediately helped. And then I think the other biggest thing was when I shared, um, publicly that that really sort of released it from in my body Um, Mm -hmm. and that, that definitely helped.
0: And remind me, I know you've said it in other episodes, how far along after did you start sharing publicly?
1: I think it was two months. Okay. It was two months after. Yeah.
0: And did your therapist encourage that?
1: Yeah. She was the one that brought it up. She, um, so I had, I was seeing her weekly and yeah, at a certain point she was like, you know, what if you, because I, I had stopped social media and, um I have I have a small small tiny presence on social media but I do like share and um and I like being authentic on it and I had completely stopped going on social media at all and that felt very like inauthentic and I did have people ask like hey are you okay cuz I just kind of went off the grid for a while, which was nice and probably necessary, but it also, it just felt like I was hiding, um, Mm -hmm. which didn't feel good. So she was the one that suggested, you know, why don't you in some sort of authentic way to yourself, think about maybe just saying something. And then I went home and I talked to my fiance about it. And he was like, it was like on the tip of his tongue. He was like, yes, like, that's what I wanted to say to you too. Um, that I think you should definitely do that. And then that night I started like writing out what I wanted to say. And um, I think I posted like that night and it did feel like it was like a release. A release, Yeah. Yeah.
0: It's so wild. I was just talking to someone the other day and the 12 week rule came up. I know we just talked about that last episode. Um, and she was sharing, like, she didn't want to share until after 12 weeks. And I had asked her why, and this is super off topic, but I had asked her why it just made me think of it by bringing it up on social. Um, and she was like, just in case. And I'm like, it's just, was a huge reminder to me. Like, it's so crazy how we feel like we have to hide from these things, you know, mm-hmm. before we open up about them. And so many people feel that way. Anyway, that was I was just thinking about that when you're talking about social media. Well, she like doesn't want to tell a, anybody.
1: It's such a normal response. Is if you know, it's all. It's just and and you know we did talk about this in our 12 week episode, but it's just so like standard. You just don't say it until 12 weeks because if you lose the pregnancy, you're not going to want to tell people, which you might not want to. Um, that might be valid, but for me, it didn't feel like that.
0: And even after having the loss, though, too, like our fears of even wanting to like make it known, you know, it kind of goes alongside the same standard in a sense. Like if we were to lose our a family member, or grandma, dad or whatever, like we would be sharing it right away, you know, but when we're going through it. When it comes to loss, it's like you like hide it in a sense because one, it's like partly you want to grieve by yourself. Um, and two, you're like, I don't want to make – at least for me, it's like I don't want to make anyone else feel uncomfortable, you know?
1: Well, I think that's the bigger thing is because it's the only – is it – I mean, it's the only one right now that I can think of that people just don't know, that people might not ever know. Like people know when a loved one – dies. People know when like a friend or a pet, even like people know, people just know, and it's sad and it sucks and it's uncomfortable and, but it's life and, you know, and we all go through it. And, but for whatever reason, a pregnancy, when that's lost, we're not allowed to talk about it.
0: Yeah. And then how, I guess my next question. So I think what makes you and I so different in like the ways that we've healed is I, which I'll talk about in a little bit, but like I waited. A long time to try again, and I know you tried again within two months or three months. What was it? I mean, that right was a way. huge way that helped, right? Right away. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: so yeah, so I had my DNC, and then I think I had a follow up. I can't really remember now, but I think it might have been two weeks later. I think was a f- was the follow up appointment. I'm pretty sure it was two weeks. Maybe it was four, but I think it was two um, after the DNC. Um, and in that appointment, I asked, when can we try again? And my OB said that we could try right away. Um, so we tried right away. Um, yeah. And I think it took like two or three cycles, um, but I ended up getting to pregnant. like
0: regulate yourself?
1: Yeah. Um, and thankfully, knock on wood, for me, I, um, I've always been pretty regular. So it did come back pretty quickly. Um, and then – it took, you know, it didn't happen the first time, but, um, I did find out that I was pregnant two weeks after sharing on social media, which mm. I think is kind of interesting.
0: Um, cause you're mourning something publicly and then also so excited. And like, do I share the news? <laughs> well, was it, let's see. I was either too it
1: was like, Yeah. It must've been, I, I, I got pregnant two weeks after I shared. And then I think I found out two weeks after that. So I don't know. Part of me is, part of me is like, maybe it was just like getting it out of, getting it out of my body and that that kind of helped me, like it helped me. it, Mm -hmm. It definitely helped me heal. Um, and then, yeah. And then two weeks later I got pregnant and a month later I found out. Yay. Um, Thank God, because that that definitely that definitely helped me. I'm so curious as to because for me, I was so impatient. Like all I wanted was to just be pregnant. I just want to be pregnant. I just want to be pregnant, and like nothing could have stopped me. You're Not much could have stopped me. Like, I am going to be pregnant at, as soon as humanly possible. So, how did you? I'm I'm really curious because it was so. It was such. A strong feeling for me. So, for you, was it, um, did you have that strong feeling that you wanted? I mean, obviously, you wanted to be pregnant, but how did you know within yourself that you needed to take some time beforehand?
0: Oh my gosh, no, I wanted nothing to do with getting pregnant again right away. Um, yeah, no, I, honestly, and I think it has to do with the trauma from previous losses. My first DNC, and, and I, I know I've shared this on other episodes. And for those of you guys who are listening who may be younger in your early 20s, you know, maybe you're not married, not in a, you know, serious committed relationship, whatever the case may be. My first loss in DNC, I healed, I didn't heal. So, like, if you're listening to this thinking, like, I don't even know where to start, like, I don't have money for therapy, I don't have the energy to put it out there in the world. Like I'm still so young. I just want to bury this. Like that's kind of where I was at. I really did not heal at all. My first loss like I've shared before just acted like nothing happened and ran from my pain and drinking and all the things that I've touched before. Um, So then my come my second loss, I actually, so I have a very, my, my second loss was very similar to you, Sarah, in the sense of, I had that early chemical pregnancy miscarried, um, very early, and so I didn't really think too much of it, and I just tried again as, as soon as my cycle came back. Didn't really go to the doctor. Didn't think like I, I got. I got the yes, that was a miscarriage, but you're okay. You can try again, and like I had no hesitation or any thoughts of th- this happening again. Like it didn't even cross my mind. And so we tried again right away. I think it was because I had that loss in August or July. I think I got pregnant in July, lost in the beginning of August, and then tried again. I think my period came two months later, um, come October or end of September, mid-September, and then got pregnant again right away. I think it must have been that next month. Like I,
1: Yeah. Yeah, it must have been because you and I were pregnant mm -hmm. at the
0: same time. Yeah. So I think – I don't know. I feel like my brain blurs out like all negative experiences. It must have been October
1: because I think you were a little bit further – I think you were a little bit further along than I was. Mm -hmm. And I found out in early October.
0: Because I had my DNC October 28th of 2021 right? Yeah. So we got pregnant right away after that chemical pregnancy. Again, like didn't think I needed anything to heal. Like I was like, oh, it's no water in the bridge. It's fine. Kind of affected me, but I just like brushed it off, tried again, and then had another loss. And that was my third loss. And that was that just really hit me. I think it was the like, I I didn't want to try again. I I was really dealing with, you know, not only the trauma of this current loss, but then the two prior, because then your brain just really starts racking all the things that, okay, what did I do? What's wrong with me? My body, like the blame, the shame, the guilt, like, did I do something wrong? Um, And it was so weird. Like, I was petrified to try again. I was petrified to have my husband even like touch me because I was like, I, I'm, I'm fertile myrtle. Like, I don't even want to be, I don't want to risk like this happening again. Like I need to heal because I, I mentally like was not in a good place at all. Um, I did not go to therapy right away. Um, I feel like I needed to take the holidays to just accept the fact that this happened like it was literally like the seven stages of grief like i had to get like to this like acceptance place of okay this is really what's going on um i really wanted to feel all my feelings um i did set a lot of boundaries that was something come like the holidays christmas that i would just really and it was hard i know we talked about ba- boundaries in one of our episodes um but it's hard to set boundaries around family and people that you love, especially around the holidays. Um, but I was just so fragile that I, I had to set boundaries and it was weird. Like, cause now granted, you know, it's probably been six months that my husband and I have been in therapy together, which has been so nice. I went for a little bit by, by myself, uh, but more so wanted him to join me. Cause I think that was, it was super important for us in our marriage. Um, but I feel like I kind of hid from therapy for a little while because I just didn't even want to like. I was so like mentally broken that like I didn't even want to like dive into it right away, um, out of fear of like being even more unwell. Like, I don't know, you know. Yeah, therapy or it's does like
1: work. I definitely. I definitely like pushed therapy off for a long time before I started it. And I feel like it, it was just like, I just don't want to go and like cry for an hour, you know, like I don't want to go feel all my feelings for an hour. And, um, I think that does, at least with the therapist that I've worked with, the, the two that I've really enjoyed working with, um, the one that I was working with at the time of my loss, she said to me in our first session, she was like, you're not going to come here and just splice yourself open and like spill your guts out every time We're that's not what this is. I don't want you coming here and just crying for an hour, um, which I was really thankful for. And so I, I do think, you know, finding the right therapist is important too. And if something doesn't, if you don't gel or something doesn't feel right, um, totally, you got to keep, I did try actually,
0: I'm trying to think now that I think about it, in December when things were really, we had some stuff going on with family and things that were very, very hard. I had something that I don't feel comfortable, you know, talking about on here, but, um, it just came to a point where I was like, I, like you were sharing, like, I can only say so much to my husband to have him understand like what I'm going through. I can only say so much to family to have them understand, like I'm over I was over freaking having to explain myself to people. I'm like, I don't need to, I got to a point where I was like, I don't need to fucking explain anything to you. Just leave me the fuck alone. (laughs) Like, let me, I like, just let me be. It's like kind of where I got. And I'm like, okay, that's not healthy. And so I did read, I had a therapist that I used for years, um, just with other traumas in my life. And I did reach out to her and I remember I used to see her in person. I just like loved her like cozy space. I felt very warm and comfortable there. And um, because of COVID, she wasn't seeing people in person. So like I had to do it at home. And I remember that like made me so upset because I was like, I just want to go sit in your office. I don't want to be sitting at home on my computer having a therapy session. Like I was just in such a negative space. (laughs) So I did talk to her once and it did help. And it really reminded me like how much – I actually did enjoy it and needed it. And so I think that was like my first reintroduction to therapy after my loss. And then um, I found another therapist that a friend recommended who now my husband and I use, you know, biweekly. And she's been such a blessing to us, our marriage, like understanding each other, how to communicate each other and how to like talk about our feelings, like all the things. Um, And it's been such like, honestly, if, I can say one thing that has been a blessing from our losses is the connection it has brought my husband and I, um, to such a deeper level through, you know, once we did open up to therapy and things. Um, so anyway, that's like, this is longer than expected, but, uh, (laughs) um, that's like the beginning of kind of like my journey of like accepting it, like being angry, all the things, and then slowly starting therapy. Um. And then acupuncture, that was actually a huge, huge, huge way that I healed. I went, I believe, in the middle of November, because she's a fertility acupuncturist. And I remember going to my first appointment with her, and she talks to you for like 30 minutes and then she does a session. And like the whole time I was talking to her, I couldn't even speak because I was crying so much. And she was like, Okay, we're just gonna work on your head today. Like literally, she I'm pretty sure she had needles like all in my forehead on my head to help release like my emotions you know um, I, I actually and- I'm I'm just
1: remembering this now and I completely forgot about it but I went to an acupuncturist I only went once because I only went once because we were moving or but I think it was before we were moving and I, I went to You're an acupuncturist time. before I I either got pregnant or before I found out and it was the same thing a friend had recommended her and I went in and I told her why I was there and I was crying. And she had me, and I'm going to, I'm going to mess this up. I'm going to mess up the directions. Um, So like, I'm I'm not saying this accurately, but she had me stand to the, it was either the East or the West. She had me stand towards the East and I had to stomp on rose petals. And then she like what? Put the rose petals all around my body and like with like water and stuff, and it was like to release to the east like every all everything that I had been through. And then she had me turn to the west or to the other to the other direction. Yeah. I don't remember which way was which. Um, <laughs> and same thing. and I had to ask for what I wanted. And out loud, and I was sobbing crying, and she was like rubbing rose petals all over me. And I asked to be pregnant and to have an easy pregnancy and to have like a beautiful, healthy baby and for it to happen soon. And and then she did a bunch of needles also. But I'm just I'm just remembering this. I mean, I mean, I got pregnant like a month later. I'm not saying that doing this is gonna make you pregnant, and I'm not saying like sharing your loss on social media will make you pregnant either. But yeah, I did. Yeah, I did that.
0: <laughs> it was
1: an it was Honestly, a cool experience.
0: You guys, when you're going through grief and trauma, like you will do the craziest things. I would have yeah. loved to do that. I, <laughs> I
1: would have I mean it was great. I yeah. loved it. Just
0: like oh, release it all. I'm also definitely yeah, that kind of person.
1: Like I like those kind of I was like, I was like, oh, yes, let's release it to the end from the West and <laughs> give me the rose petals. And she was like lighting scents and
0: I'm so that person too. I had a Reiki.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I only did it once, but you continued to do it, right? I went weekly. Regularly.
0: Yeah. I went weekly from November until February, pretty much. Maybe even March. Yeah. I think through March last year, um, every single week, she put needles in my ovaries, my uterus, and then in my head, like... she pretty much said, like, in order to get pregnant, I have to heal up here. I have to heal my mind um, because my mind is not in a good space. And I'm not going to hold on to a baby if I'm not mentally ready to do it. And I wasn't. Like, you were so mentally ready. to like, get me pregnant right now. I was so not mentally ready at all. Um, and so she was awesome. She was honestly she's like my little miracle worker I call her she's this like cutest little woman um but she's also she was also kind of therapy to me like I think I went to her every week because she would ask me how I was doing and I would like share and she was so positive and optimistic and would change my mindset around how I was feeling towards like just the most practical calm set and I was like this is so if anybody if you anyone is here, Locally, where I live in California, Ventura County, her name is Dr. K. She's incredible. I'm sure one of these days she'll have to come on our podcast. I would love that. I would I literally would cry. Love that <laughs> she totally would. Um, but she's she's amazing, and I swear she helped. Like acupuncture, can, like helps with fertility, you know, just by opening up all the things. So I did that. I did an ignite fertility course. Oh um, really? From a woman on Instagram. Her name is Amy Rupp. A-I-M-E-E-R-A-U-P-P. I I encourage you guys to follow her. She's an acupuncturist as well. And then she's also... She coaches women in fertility. And I did her course around mindset. Like, I literally just had to do... For me, it was all my mindset. And my body wasn't ready either. And I think it was because I was, like, holding on to so much tension and trauma. My periods didn't come back regularly until February. Um, I'm pretty sure after my DNC, I bled for like 40 days straight. I had to like literally go get my iron checked to make sure I wasn't anemic because I wouldn't like my body wouldn't stop bleeding. Like my body was a mess after that third loss. And yeah, so she helped me, my acupuncturist, her goal was she also got me on a bunch of herbs that helped me regulate my, um, hormones. So I was on. I think it was called Fenco, um, chased tree. I mean, granted, these are just all natural Chinese herbs, but I would recommend you guys getting your own concoction from your own acupuncturist. So I did that. And then this course, um, she, Amy has a book called the egg quality diet. So another oh, thing I've that, heard of this. Yeah. It's awesome. A bunch of, a bunch of people, um, have done it. It's crazy. You eat like I crap ton of fat, like tons of coconut oil, nut butters, like avocado, like you want to add that to all of your meals. Um I think I made it like it's a hundred day egg quality diet. And so I didn't drink for five almost five months. Um I pretty much followed this diet to the for the most part and then because my whole thing, another thing that I had I wanted to do and chose to do once I was ready was to see a, a specialist. And I talked about this in another episode that my doctor was like, just take baby aspirin and try again. And I'm like, no, bro, (laughs) not doing that. (laughs) I have to get answers here. Um, So I went to a specialist and we found out that I have a low egg reserve. So my eggs are fine. um, But he pretty much said that, you know, as women, we, when we have our periods, we can either release a good egg. A mature egg or an immature egg, bad egg, whatever you want to call it. I prefer mature, immature because it makes me feel better versus good versus bad. Um, And so my mom, she went through menopause at 44, which is pretty early. Um, And I'm kind of following in her same footprints. And so that's kind of like what ignited me to really look into people who worked with egg health and all of that. And that's where I found Amy Rep. That's where I found her egg quality diet. I mean, she's. Her success stories are absolutely insane. Where she's literally helped women that I've been told that like older women that I've been told like they wouldn't be able to have kids, like have completely healthy pregnancies. Wow. And um yeah, like and it's is awesome. She all so, diet
1: or are there other things that go into it?
0: Diet supplements, like she talks a lot about, you know, clean skincare, good water, stress levels, your mindset. I mean that her course is like all around mindset, um, and how our bodies, like our physiological body has to be ready. Like it's all connected. I mean, we talk about this in our business all the time, Sarah. She just talks all about how our mind is so connected to our bodies and that we have to be, it has to all correlate and work together. And so I, when I got those answers from the specialist that granted he was like, nothing's wrong. You're going to release a healthy egg. We just may may need to do a few things to help get you there, which I don't know if I, I think I've talked about like the us I don't know. I don't know if you have.
1: I, well, I know. I think you've talked about doing IUI, but mm-hmm. I don't know that. I don't know I didn't that even I have know. To do that.
0: Oh, really? Yeah, that was my next step. Oh, it's crazy. So yeah, what did so you do? We just-
1: well, so yeah. So what did you do? What did he have? What were the changes you made? And also, I'm curious to know when the shift happened. When you were like, okay, I'm ready now like before you went to the specialist, like when, when yes. did the mental shift happen for you that you were like, okay, no, I'm in a place that I'm ready.
0: I definitely think my acupuncturist helped me by seeing her weekly and literally having her help me with my mindset and remind me and then get my, my period regulated. I mean, even if I was ready, like my body wasn't ready. Um, I mean, I wasn't ready either way, but I think my main goal was one, like clearly I need to get my mind right Two, And I need to get my periods regulated in order to even try again. And like the specialist literally wouldn't even see me until I had a regular period. So I had my loss or DNC in October. I got my first like regular cycle come in February. Um, so November, December, four months. Um, and so once I had my regular Period. I was so excited, and really kind of started talking to my husband about okay, let's like we we set a goal of April, like that was our goal to start trying again. Just give my body a couple months to have a regular cycle. My birthday was in May. I was like one last like okay, I want to have fun. That was like the first time, one of the first times I like drank since my loss. It was a great time. So, I, acupuncture got my period regular. Had the conversation with my husband that. We let's like set a date to like start trying again, scheduled the appointment with the specialist, um, which then we had to postpone because I don't know if I've talked about this, but I had a normal period in February, normal period in March. Um, we were going to try in April. That was our goal. My period literally was 22 days late, <laughs> 22, Uh uh-huh, like it never came in April. And I'm I wonder if it was because I was so knee deep in that egg quality diet that it was like completely fixing my hormones or something like it messed up my cycle. <laughs> so it was it was fun. It was like well, wow, weird such a mind fuck because I was so ready at that point and like we were like gung-ho, like we had our appointment. um we'd already run all the tests and everything to then go do. Um, so pretty much the specialist had us do letrozole, which is like a form of Clomid. It has less risk of having multiples. So I was like, let's do letrozole. I don't really feel like my husband's a twin. I was like, I have twins in my family. I'm like, let's just do the one with the less risk of having twins. That's a bad thing. But I don't know if I could have mentally handled that My body could have handled twins. That's a lot. Um, so we did letrozole, which is five days. And then we had what was called the trigger shot. Um, which pretty much the letrozole, the the specialist goal was to have me release a mature egg. So the letrozole makes your your egg, your follicles fully mature, supposedly. And I'm you guys I'm not a doctor, so I could be saying this wrong. I don't know, but this is what I understand. Um, it helps your egg follicles mature. So then they are ultrasounding my follicles every week to make sure like getting closer and closer to ovulation. And then I had one follicle that was a 24, one that was an 18, one that was a 17. The doctor was like, great. Those look wonderful. Um, you're about to ovulate. So you're going to go home on Wednesday. You're going to do the trigger shot. Um, and I was like so scared. And I, I, after talking to Heather, I'm like, oh my gosh, she does shots all the time. Like, And I was so nervous.
1: I would have been the trigger there. shot.
0: And then we did timed intercourse. So... He was like, you need to have sex this day, this day, this day, this day. Um and that's what we did. And it was so funny. Like one of the days, I think we got in a fight over like a pan or something (laughs) in our house. And I was so mad. (laughs) No, he was like, At least today is not a sex day. And I was like, Yeah, whatever. And like we looked at the sheet and I was like, fuck, it is. (laughs) I walked in we're all mad. I was like, it is like I don't want to. just Don't look at me. <laughs> just so we, don't literally look at me. we literally crack up. We literally crack up because that's literally probably the day that we conceived this. That's baby so funny. Fighting over a pan. Um. So yeah, it's hilarious. So we ended up yeah doing all that, and I guess you know I I think over the course of me healing, um, so that is so my period came twenty two days later. So we didn't really try until we didn't get to go to the specialist until May. And then I had to wait for the next cycle of May. And then it was my June cycle that we actually did the um, letrozole on the shot and got pregnant. So it was definitely a journey, (laughs) to say the least, for me to heal. That's a lot. (laughs) I feel like
1: when I got pregnant, because compared to your story, I'm like, I got pregnant like that. (laughs) Um, even though it didn't feel like that to me at the time. But I do feel like during my pregnancy, I was still um, definitely like going through it and healing, which was tough. I think that's probably why I've, I've said in previous episodes that I just really, really did not enjoy being pregnant because um, I think I probably was going through the healing as I was also pregnant. And it was just a lot of things at once. I do think too, something that that really helped me was hearing other people's stories, which is obviously, you know, a hope of ours that this podcast will help, um, with that. Because, um, I think once I, once I shared, I kind of got like tapped into this world that is, um, pregnancy loss, which, um, you know, there were a lot of, um, things that I would read on Instagram that were helpful. Um, but also, so many women sharing their stories just personally with me was so, so helpful. Like really sad, but also for me helped me feel so much less alone. So that definitely, that definitely did help too. And I was like, wow, like there are so many women who are just like me. And then a lot of women who had gone on to, to have babies. And I was like, okay, there's hope. And you know, they got through it. And so that definitely helped too. And I think finding your kind of your community, which I hope, you know, this podcast can, can be one of we them. We send
0: each other things, things on social all the time, like follow this person. And yeah, that definitely helped me. And that, I'm the same way in, as you, in the sense of once I opened up, it really helped. Um, this time, I feel like I, I opened up a lot sooner than the last time or the last time I didn't open up at all. Um, and just being able to share that it's like an elephant like leaves the room, you know. You just yeah, out it feels there and like, you're like okay. it felt to me like
1: I was hiding. If I tried to just be the person that I was like before the loss happened, then that was I felt fake. It was fake, yeah. I, I couldn't just show up and be like, hey guys, so today I'm doing that. Like it just I couldn't do it. I couldn't do that, especially
0: in our business too. Like I just putting on that fake face was just not, not a thing. It wasn't, it was literally impossible. It It also, I have to let the world know what I'm going through.
1: Yeah. I think it also felt like I was doing that so much in person in my day-to-day life and showing up, um, as a spin instructor and seeing so many, I was seeing so many people every day. I was seeing so many faces and the majority of them, I mean, 98% ninety eight percent of the people I was seeing had no idea what I was going through. So I felt like I, I felt like I was so fake in those two months with like everybody that I met, and that felt horrible. I hated that.
0: I agree. And I know there's a lot of people out there that are even even right now that I've like talked to that are pregnant that are like haven't said anything that they feel. And like, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that we have this space where people feel comfortable reaching out to us. Even if it's just one person like that, you're reaching out to, because it like makes you feel less like in hiding. It's crazy. And even now, like, I think granted, like, I'm, as you guys all know, we're, we're still waiting here on baby O to get here at Earthside, but like the healing never ends. Like I still go to acupuncture. I don't go every week. I go once a month. Um, and she's, she obviously no longer puts needles in my stomach, but she puts them all in my head still. <laughs> And she's trying to prepare me mentally for birth. Like, you know, diet's been such a huge key player in my mindset, exercise, movement. Like you're constantly finding ways to heal through loss, even after pregnancy Um, and postpartum. (laughs) That's a whole other game changer. Yeah. I can't wait for us to do a joint
1: postpartum episode.
0: I know. I know. Me too. While you're
1: in the throes of newborn life.
0: Well, I hope this helped you guys. I know we like we've shared in the beginning, there was so many different ways that we healed. Sarah jumped into wanting to be pregnant right away and doing what she could to get there. Me, it took a little bit more time and grace and patience with myself um, to be mentally ready. and um, I know that there's people out there that have both of those feelings, both of those journeys. And if you, again, we always say like we're an open book. we're here. You reach out to us thanks guys um and yeah i hope that
1: you know i hope that these are that these episodes are helpful and and that at least something that we say you know can help you in your in your journey towards mama
0: yay (laughs) all right bye sarah (laughs) bye
1: thanks for listening it would mean everything to us if you'd rate review and subscribe You can find us, your hosts, on Instagram at Meg Och, M-E-G-O-C-C-H, and at S-J Silk, S-J-S-I-L-K, and follow at Mama underscore podcast for all podcast-related updates.
0: Our biggest goal is to create community in this space, so feel free to DM us, introduce yourself, and share your stories if you're open to it. You can also find our private Meant to Be Mama community by requesting us on Facebook and searching Meant to Be Mama podcast community.
1: You can find all of these links in the show notes. See you next episode.